So, so here we go. Um, I, I've, I've got some objects up here, and, and I just want you to see this. You'll be able to see them on the screen as well, because uh, I, I took some, some PowerPoint uh, pictures, right? This is a very important object. Anybody know what this is? This is an alarm clock, exactly, right? a very important object. I'll be showing you three different objects today, and, uh, and hopefully all three objects um, will, will do the, the same things, right? They'll help you, number one, uh, think about what God says when God speaks, right? So each object is going to tell us what God says when God speaks. Uh, second object, uh, help me just kind of share some stories, uh, some, some brief stories, but recent examples uh, from my own life about how God speaks to me. Uh, just because we don't want uh, to only think about how God speaks in the Old Testament or in Scripture, but we'd never let him speak today, right? And so, so I'll just share some, some quick brief stories so you get a picture of that. And then the third thing, um, consider how we respond, right? Each object is going to help us think about how we respond to whatever it is that God is saying. Okay, so back to the important object. This is an important object uh, because it, what? wakes you up. Exactly, right? It wakes you up. It tells you that you are supposed to stop doing one thing and that you're likely supposed to start another thing. And in my house, at least, it's not just sleep. Um, in my house, when a timer goes off, it might mean that you stop looking at a screen and you start doing something else, anything else, right? We're one of those like mean parents that like, you know, hey, you can only have 20 minutes of screen time, right? So we set the timer and then when the timer goes off, they're supposed to stop looking, supposed to stop looking at the screen and start doing something else. So, um, so this tells you, right, it's an important object because it tells you to stop doing one thing and start doing something else. Um, um, the object is important because without it, you'll just kind of keep on sleeping. <laughs> Uh, without it, you might miss important things uh, on your calendar, like school or work or a meeting or a date, right? This is a very important object. Would you all agree with that? Good. And if you don't, just stay tuned and we'll keep talking, right? It's a very important object. Um, uh, God, when he speaks, often sounds an, an alarm. You didn't say that with much enthusiasm because we don't really like to think about it very much. But God, when he speaks, often sounds an alarm. Um, this is what the prophets do over and over again, right? The prophets are sounding an alarm, right? The prophets are sent on behalf of God. A prophet is just one who hears something from God and speaks it to the community, speaks it to people. Um, and so, so the prophet will, will often sound the alarm. Uh, e Ezekiel 33, right, we read it earlier, is a really interesting section. What Ezekiel's doing is he's saying that a watchman is put up on a city wall, right? And that watchman, when he sees an enemy approaching, is supposed to sound the alarm for people. Now, uh, the alarm is actually a large horn, right? And the horn, uh, he would blow and, and everybody would hear it. And, and people are supposed to what? Stop what they're doing. <laughs> now, some people would ignore the warning. <clears throat> and Ezekiel says those people are going to die. Uh, some people hear the alarm, they listen to it, and, and those people, they're going to stop whatever they are doing, and they're going to get ready for, for, for the attack that's coming. And those people will live in the terms that Ezekiel is talking about. And, and God says in that passage, Ezekiel 33, he says, Ezekiel, I am making you a watchman. 
Right? He says that you get to watch and sound the alarm for people so that they have the opportunity to stop whatever they are doing and do something else instead. Um, the prophets sound the alarm for the people of God. Hey, don't go that way. They've got rocks and they're going to hit you. Right? Uh, when God speaks, he sometimes is sounding an alarm. Uh, sometimes he speaks to us today through scripture. Uh, sometimes it's through other people. Um, even more specifically, right, God might speak to you through the questions that someone else asks. That's what happened to me this past week. I was having a lengthy conversation with somebody, and they were just asking me good questions. And I realized as I was responding to their good questions um, that I just kind of have a little, it's like a confession time, okay? Just ready for this, right? I just like... I'm just going to admit some of my own sin. I, I realize that I have like this kind of like low brewing anger right now and, and this low brewing like frustration towards people around me. And, and so just see this, right? God gave me this warning through so, a conversation with somebody else. They were asking me good questions and all of a sudden God raised the red flag and said, hey, that anger shouldn't be here, right? I've called you to love, not be angry. I've called you to uh, equip and trust other people, not doubt them. Uh, and, and so God um, raised the red flag. He sounded the alarm so that I can begin to respond to it. Now, um, how do we often respond to alarms? Uh, go ahead and just uh, shout some of that out. Give me some responses uh, to an alarm. Turn it off. Snooze. Yeah. What, what else? Give me a good response. Oh, ignore it. That's not a good response. What is it? Somebody said it. Yeah, you get up, right? So, so just see that, right? There's all kinds of different ways to respond uh, to the alarm. Uh, one good way, right, would be to, to wake up, to, to stop doing whatever you were doing, right, in my house, uh, sleeping or the screen time, and start doing something else. Right? That's the way that God desires for us to respond. When he is sounding the alarm, when the prophets in the Old Testament are sounding the alarm, they're, they're meant to, to wake people up, to get them to stop doing one thing and start doing something else. Um, another response, right, less positive, would be to hit that snooze button. <laughs> um, uh, and you might uh, hit it gently. You might be more forceful and smack that thing really hard. Um, another uh, uh, bad response, right, would be to, um, to turn it off and unplug it and mumble under your breath about how loud and annoying that stupid alarm clock is. And another thing would be to simply ignore it. Uh, in my house, when they're doing screen time, guess what most often happens with the alarm? It just goes and goes and goes and goes. And I'm like, really? Like, aren't you annoyed by that, right? But they just, like, that, I don't even think they hear it, honestly. Like, it's amazing. But one option when you think about the alarm is to ignore it. This is a very important object, and it demands a response. Um, let me show you another object. <clears throat> you know what these are? Yeah, a little harder to see, but post-it notes, right? This is a very important object. It's certainly um, less annoying than the alarm. Its bright colors uh, stand out and often beg for attention. I was hoping to find like some 
really brilliant like pink and yellow ones, but I was running late this morning, and so this is what I got, right? Um, uh, it, it begs for attention in, in kind of a joy-filled way, right? Um, uh, these are cool because they can serve as a bookmark uh, if you desire. Um, it also serves as a helpful communication tool, right? It just um, very often will remind people of something or it will declare some kind of truth or maybe even just be a simple um, uh, motivational message, right? So uh, think about things that could be written on this, right? Pick up the kids tonight after work. Um, buy pizza for dinner. Um, I love you. You aren't alone, right? This is an important object uh, because it just communicates with others or maybe even communicates something to yourself. Um, you could say that very often in Scripture, the prophets are hanging sticky notes, <laughs> uh, what they do is they come and they communicate something from God. Um, sometimes it's a reminder from God to you, right? A reminder maybe to stop doing something and start doing something else. Um, sometimes the prophets communicate something about you or your situation. Uh, sometimes they communicate an important truth about God. Um, an important uh, example of that is what we read from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6 um, is a great example of this. God reveals himself to the prophet Isaiah. He's in the temple. And Isaiah looks up and he says, oh, I see the Lord. Um, he's high and lifted up. Did you catch that? We, we, you know, that's not usually in the song uh, that we sing, uh, and that is so popular. But, but Isaiah says that he sees God on the throne. He's high and lifted up. And then this is really cool. Isaiah is going to hang sticky notes with that message all over his writings, all over. He, uh, for example, chapter 14, verse 14, he says that God is most high. Uh, chapter 33, verse 10, the servant of God, that's God's right-hand man. He says that, um, that the, the servant says, I will lift myself up, I will be exalted. Uh, 52, verse 13, God's servant will be what? High and lifted up. Uh, 57 verse 15, God is the one who is high and lifted up. It's all over the book of Isaiah that God is the one that is high and lifted up. It's an important message for the people of God. Um, it means that, that no one and nothing is what? Higher than God, right? He is above and beyond and, 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 uh, and, and better than everything else, everything else. Um, he is lifted up, right? So every eye on earth will be able to see him. They shouldn't turn to any other God. They shouldn't turn to any other nation. They shouldn't turn to any other person. They should just look to the best option, right? The, the only option, uh, the, the, the God who's high and lifted up. That's just one example, right? Uh, this is what the prophets do over and over and over again. They, they, they simply declare or proclaim some truth. They hang the sticky note, and then they hang another sticky note, and they hang another sticky note. Um, for me, right, my personal example, uh, this has come through uh, my daily reading. Uh, like many of you, I've been reading through the Bible in a year. I actually just finished at the end of... July, and then in August uh, here, I've actually restarted, and so I'm uh, back in the book of Genesis. Um, I was on a different pace, different schedule than, uh, than most of you. Um, uh, I, I'm in the book of Genesis, and I'm reading uh, the, the end of Jacob's life, and, uh, and, and God revealed himself as El Shaddai to this man named Jacob. 
And, uh, and I've read that before, but, but, but I feel like God just kind of uh, put that on a bright, sticky note. And he just hung it all over the place for me to see. Um, El Shaddai means, that, uh, means God Almighty, God All-Powerful. And if I'm honest, right, I feel like I'm facing impossible things. Uh, to some degree, I feel like our church is facing impossible things. And so um, God made his name stand out like a brilliant sticky note uh, to remind me that I don't have to be all-powerful and that all these impossible things aren't impossible for God. And uh, he kept hanging that sticky note all over the place. Uh, Joseph, right later on, is Jacob's son, and he says, I can't, but God can. Um, and now I'm reading the miracles that God does in the book of Exodus, right, to get the people of God out of Egypt, to do this impossible thing that nobody else could possibly do. He sets them free. And God hung this sticky note over and over again, uh, I actually just wrote El Shaddai on a note card, and I carried it around in my pocket because I wanted to remember the sticky note that God was showing me. Um, you might not think about this, so I'll just kind of give you some, uh, so, some examples, but, but how do you respond to these? Right, one option would be to simply sort of smile at it, right? Oh, that's nice. Somebody left me a sticky note. And then you kind of move on, Right? And it doesn't really change anything about your day. Which, by the way, if it says, hey, um, order pizza tonight, and you forget to actually order the pizza tonight, guess who's going to be hungry? You and your whole cranky family, right? Probably not a good idea to just smile at it and move on and not do anything about it. Um, another option is to sort of just let it sit there. And maybe you see it repeatedly, um, but it becomes uh, old news, essentially. Anybody ever done that with a sticky note? It just kind of hangs there forever, and it becomes old news to the point where you just don't really even think about it or, or don't really even look at it anymore. And, and maybe somebody eventually says, who put that there? And they take it down and they what? Throw it away. Maybe the better thing to do um, is to take the sticky note down and put it in your pocket. <laughs> um, or if it says order pizza, take it down and order the pizza. Right? Uh, to actually let the sticky note change the way that you are living. Over and over again, the prophets hang a sticky note. They declare a truth that's really important for us to see. Uh, they do it still today in our own lives. And the question is, how are we going to respond? Um, last one, last object uh, is simply a picture. I've shown you this picture before, but it's been quite a while. Uh, this is a picture that's uh, kind of really actually important to Krista and I, but, um, and uh, she uh, actually uh, she did this herself. Uh, she was like, you know, had, a, had somebody else, but, but she did this. And um, this is more than just a nice decoration. This is a, a, an important object. Um, it literally paints a picture of a different place and a different time. Right? That's the power of a picture. Uh, a picture uh, paints a picture, right? It gives a picture. Um, it, it plants a seed of a different place and a different time than you are currently experiencing, which if you think about that is massively important because we get so stuck in our moments. Anybody else get stuck in your moments, right? You get stuck in, in what you're doing. Uh, you get stuck in where you're going. Uh, you get stuck in, uh, in, in how things are going. You get stuck in the frustrations and the failures. You get stuck in the, in the joys and the highs. Uh, 
right? Uh, and so a picture can help us dream of something else, somewhere else, anywhere else. <laughs> it expands our focus beyond just the moment. So um, think about it, right? Uh, on the screen, I'm gonna, this is harder to hold, so I'm going to put it down. Uh, a picture of a storm, for instance, right? Um, if you are in a storm, uh, it reminds you maybe that you're not alone. <laughs> That's how it feels, right? When you're in a storm, it feels like you're the only one in a storm. Uh, but when you see another picture of a storm, it's like, oh, other people are in a storm too. So I'm not the only one. Um, if you're in the storm and maybe you're in a, in a good place, it reminds you that storms exist. <laughs> uh, and, and that might be then, hey, enjoy this present moment that you are in because things might get harder down the road. Um, on the other hand, if uh, you're looking at a peaceful picture of a beach, right? <laughs> uh, maybe if you're in a storm, right, it's massively powerful to remember that storms aren't the only thing in life, uh, that there are calm, soothing walks on the beach to enjoy. Um, if you're looking at a, at a picture of a beach, right, it, it might give you a reminder to just celebrate like, oh man, I feel like I'm living on that beach and it's good. I can relax and I can chill. Uh, pictures are massively important because they move us beyond our little moments that we get so consumed with. Uh, sometimes when God speaks, he's painting a picture. Um, the prophets, over and over again, uh, that represent God, right? They, they hear something from him and they speak it. They are, they are constantly painting a picture for the people of God. Um, a picture that reminds us and them that there is a bigger picture, that there's something beyond just the, the present moment, right, that they face. And what they do is for people in the uh, peaceful beach, he might paint a picture of a storm, uh, warning them, stop doing this, a storm is coming. Uh, for people in the storm, uh, the prophets and God might paint a picture of a peaceful beach, promising and providing hope to people who are desperately clinging for life in that storm. A couple of examples. Uh, one of them we read earlier, uh, Jeremiah chapter 31. Uh, those folks are in a storm. Uh, they are feeling distant from God because of their sin. Um, they've been exiled, so they have lost almost everything that was familiar to them. Um, they're living in a, in a place that is uh, uncomfortable and unfamiliar. And what does God do? He comes and he paints a picture. He paints a picture of a different place and far better days to come. He says, behold, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant, a new relationship, right, with the people of God. He gives them hope. Um, Ezekiel uh, 37 is probably another one that you are uh, likely more familiar with, right? Those folks are, um, are not in a storm, but they're in a valley, a very deep valley. And, uh, and, and the valley is filled with dry bones, very dry bones. Um, there's no sign of life at all. Things are beyond hopeless. And God comes and he paints a different picture. A picture of the wind and the spirit starting to blow. And when the wind and the spirit starts to blow, those dry bones stand up a vast army, ready to do whatever God says. God paints a picture that tells them there's something beyond their present moment. 
Uh, my personal experience, if I can just be honest, um, I'm not sure what picture God's painting for me. Uh, it kind of feels like a jigsaw puzzle, and it seems like there's like pieces here and pieces here and pieces here, but I'm not quite sure what the picture looks like. But I trust and I believe that God's painting that picture. And I'm kind of just waiting to see what picture unfolds. Uh, the question is, how are you going to respond? Just like all the other objects, how are you going to respond when God paints a picture of a different place in a different time? Um, one option is to never look at it. It is an option, right? Have you ever gone into a house or maybe a hotel or something and uh, like your, your, you know, your friend or your spouse or somebody like sees a picture or something hanging on a wall and then they talk to you about it later and you're like, huh? Right? You didn't see it at all? Right? That, that happens sometimes. It's like somebody else hangs this picture or hangs this thing and you don't see it at all. Not paying attention. So one option is to not really look at the picture that God's painting. Another option, uh, a better option, right, is to at least look at the thing once. Uh, you could probably, uh, you guys over here have been looking at it longer, but what, what did I hold up a picture of earlier? It was a picture of a of a boat, yeah, there's uh, some mumbling there, right? So, uh, there, but, but see, you only looked at it once for just a little short time, and you were still able to kind of get it, right? Um, a better thing to do would be to look at it once a day and let it inspire you and let it push you and let it, let it take you to that different place and that different time. When God paints a picture, that's what we want to do. We want to look at that picture every single day. Maybe make notes about it, memorize it, commit it to memory, and let it move you. Okay, so uh, summary. <laughs> uh, when you're reading your biggest story, right? That's what we're in, right? We're in the biggest story. Many of you are reading through the Bible in a year. When you are reading the biggest story, um, it is so good to know how the prophets are trying to communicate, what the prophets are trying to communicate, that very often they are trying to sound the alarm, right? And they're trying to hang the sticky note, right? They're trying to declare something about you or about God. Um, and, and very often they're trying to paint a picture, right, of something different to come. Um, when you're reading the biggest story, it's helpful to know how the prophets communicate. When you're living the biggest story, now I haven't really used that language yet, but you understand you're still living the biggest story, right? Like, the biggest story is God's story, and God's not dead. Like, I've seen it in a movie, right? God's not dead. Uh, Jesus Christ rose on the third day. So the biggest story continues to live on, and he continues to include you in that biggest story. As you live the biggest story, it's important to know how God might be trying to communicate. That he's likely trying to sound an alarm in your own life, so that you stop doing something that isn't pleasing to him or isn't going to be good for you and can start doing something else. Um, he loves you, and he doesn't want you to go somewhere that's going to be bad for you. It's helpful to know that he's likely trying to also hang sticky notes for you um, so that you can see who he is, so that you can see more about what he thinks about you, um, or be reminded to start and stop doing that thing that you're supposed to start and stop. And it's helpful to know and be looking for a God who's painting pictures. God, what picture are you painting? God, what, what, what do you see coming that I can't 
God, what's around the corner that I need to know? See, uh, there's a lot of power in just seeing, like, how do the prophets communicate? Helps us when we read it. It also helps us when we live it. Because all of a sudden, I'm looking for those things in my life, and I'm saying, I've got this God who loves me unconditionally. But I've also got this God who loves me too much to let me do things that are going to be bad. And so the question is, how are you going to respond? What's it going to look like for you to respond to the word of God, to the alarms that he sounds, to the sticky notes that he hangs, and to the pictures that he paints? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, man, you are, you are so gracious and good to communicate with us. You don't have to. You can stay distant. You can stay uninvolved. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can be silent. But you choose to, to communicate. You choose to sound the alarm. Uh, you choose to hang those sticky notes and reveal something. You choose to paint those pictures. Oh, man. So first and foremost, we just thank you. Thanks for loving us so much that you would communicate. Thanks for loving us so much that you would sometimes warn us and tell us to stop. Um, please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Uh, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. So, we, so that we might have eyes and ears and hearts that can hear your voice and respond. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.